Welcome back to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Tom Peavy, and Cam Berry with you here on this Wednesday afternoon. We now go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line, and we welcome on Joe Bartle of RotoWire for our weekly conversation. Week one in the books, Joe. A lot to talk about. Really appreciate the time this afternoon. Yeah, happy to be on talking with you guys. So let's start with some fan- fantasy implications. Let's start with... I'm going to I'm going to hold Rodgers for just a second, and we'll go to another key injury because uh, I know a lot of people are going to want to talk about Rodgers. Let's start with J.K. Dobbins, torn Achilles, and then also just the continuation of uh, of Travis Kelsey's availability. Where do we stand on Kelsey, and then what would be a good way of replacing someone like J.K. Dobbins in the lineup? Yeah, the Kelsey one, I think, unfortunately, is uh, TBD. We don't really have a whole lot of information. uh, And I think everyone kind of just assumed it would be a one-week thing. But if it truly was a deep bone bruise, which was uh, reported after the fact last Thursday for Travis Kelsey's injury, that's no guarantee that he does play in week two. So his practice status, I think, tomorrow especially is going to be really important to determine whether or not he is going to play. And you look at the match against the Jaguars, I think it's entirely possible Jackson Jacksonville wins that game outright and will certainly need Travis Kelsey to provide a bit more stability to that offense. I know Kadarius Tony kind of lost in the game last Thursday, uh, and the way the news cycle works, we kind of just completely forget about. But other than Rasheed Rice, that offense wasn't all that great for the Chiefs. So I'll be really curious to see if they choose to rush back uh, Travis Kelsey or kind of play it slow, knowing they have playoff aspirations that are more important than winning a Week 2 contest. So, his stats is really interesting. In terms of J.K. Dobbins, I mean, it's, it's really tough. I love Dobbins as a player. Uh, last year, I was really in on him, I think, to a lesser extent this year as well, too. And I'm concerned this is kind of it for his career. It's up with three separate uh, lower body injuries, especially the soft tissue stuff, or in this case, the Achilles. You, you really have a hard time working back from that. Um, I don't know if there's a, a one-for-one replacement because, you know, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill combined to do some workload stuff. When Dobbins left last Sunday's game, I don't believe Melvin Gordon, who will call from the practice squad, is going to be much of a factor. But I do think Justice Hill and Gus Edwards split enough time where they probably won't be uh, easy starts, per se. And there's Kyron Williams from the Rams, who ended up getting 15 carries, played 52 snaps over Cam Akers, uh, who had 29 snaps. Of course, he carried the ball 22 times in them. Kyron Williams is the three-down back of the Rams. Like He's going to get rushing opportunities he should also get passing opportunities but i don't know if the rams offense is all that good either so i don't know if there's an obvious replacement i would have said kenny gamewell uh but it looks like he won't be playing for thursday so i almost wonder if there's a frustrated manager who dropped deandre swift after his no show last week uh if that might be the kind of pickup especially in a game that looks to be pretty high scoring between the eagles and vikings thursday uh, Joe, when you when you look at week one, I mean, obviously it's just a one-week sample size, but I, were there some guys that jumped off the page at you that really surprised you this week that fantasy owners either need to try to jump on if they don't have them? Uh, but, yeah, just kind of somebody that really jumped out at you this week. Yeah, I think that the top waiver wire pickup this week was Pukunaku. For the Rams, and uh, I was pretty adamant. I said in many different places, I thought the Rams could compete with the Cardinals to be the number one Worst team in the NFL, and I wasn't going to be surprised uh, if they shut down Matthew Stafford early. And I had mentioned, hey, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers took that big pay cut. Uh, it's not just for Delvin Cook. What if they trade for Aaron Donald? Like these were the thoughts I had about the Rams and specifically their defense. And then they completely showed out and annihilated the Seahawks in Seattle, and now have to completely 
rethink where I am at with Los Angeles and what they could do this season. And Nakua was a really interesting um, rookie prospect as is, and especially after Cooper Cup went down, you're wondering, well, can Stafford replicate that with anybody else? Clearly he can. Uh, there's been instances, especially in week one, I think back to Jamal Williams last year, and there's uh, been times even like Justin Jefferson in his rookie year where there was clearly a waiver wire pickup that you could get early on, whether it be one, week two, week three, and then start the rest of the season. I really do think of all the available options, it was Puganaku for for this week, and I think for this season that's going to be that model. Uh, and at the very minimum in full-point PPR leagues, a I think a, a, a wide receiver three, um, and that might sound high uh, and even like a flex, but I think he's going to be relevant even if and when Cooper Cup does return for the Rams. So he was the, the biggest surprise for me, and I think the Rams overall, especially with Kyron Williams, also the top waiver and waiver wire guy, uh, were right up there too. Joe, let's go ahead and talk about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the injury, obviously, four snaps into into the game uh, for for the Jets on offense, at least. Um, Robert Robert Salah has already said um, that Zach Wilson's going to be the quarterback. He said he's going to be their guy. Do you think that they're going to ride with him? Do you think they're going to pick up a quarterback? How is this going to affect the likes of Garrett Wilson, the guys like Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, all of those guys? Yeah, there's there's two answers to this, and I'll give the fantasy analysis one first. I think they stick with Zach Wilson, uh, for better or for worse. I don't know if any of the available veterans that have been tossed around, the Philip Rivers, the Matt Ryan, there's no way Tom Brady is doing that after his victory lap in Gillette. Like those, those guys, I think, are just a little bit too statuesque for an offensive line that is clearly not very good, uh, and I don't think they would thrive. Like I think it would be a mistake for both Zach Wilson's confidence and just overall offensively. I thought maybe Joe Flacco, given his tenure last year, or even a guy like Carson Wentz, who remains uh, a free agent and would be at least a little bit more mobile. But I almost wonder if you're the Jets, you're only having to give up a second-round pick because of that Aaron Rodgers trade now due to the injury. Why not see uh, and roll the dice with Zach Wilson again? I think most people just assume their playoff aspirations are gone, and certainly their Super Bowl expectations are as well. But this was the number 3 overall pick uh, a couple of years ago, and if you could rebuild any semblance of positive play, the reason why he was drafted so high, that might be an overall win and you can kind of change the expectations of what the season means for the Jets. I, I think they are going to stick with Zach Wilson. I don't think it's going to work. Uh, and I had mentioned in my article, maybe this is like the, the Yoda in The Last Jedi where uh, it's, it's a dead Yoda that's trying to talk to Luke and guide him through things. Maybe Aaron Rodgers can do the same thing for Zach Wilson. I would uh, I would be a little bit surprised if, if that works out so positively and so nicely, but Crazier things have happened than a, a highly touted prospect actually playing to the level that he was being drafted. So I'm not. I'm assuming the Jets are going to stick with Zach Wilson the whole time. Um, from a Packers fan perspective, and I am one and very devout one. I, I was sad by the injury, and I know a lot of people want to mention the the draft pick capital, or whatever else. Just to me, um, to see an all time great, which is Aaron Rodgers, be so excited for the Jets in this season to end after play four uh, and, and permanently damage what I think could be the rest of his career. I, he says he can come back, which I believe he will, but I don't know if it's going to be the same Aaron Rodgers. That just really sucks. Uh, and I was I was pretty sullen um, directly after the injury. I certainly was Tuesday morning as well, too. And I, I don't know how you can be a fan of football and not be upset uh, because if the Jets were to be as great as they were, that was what was making one of the reasons why the NFL season was going to be interesting and to have it ruined so quickly was was frustrating. Uh, and that brings me to this question, Joe, because we were trying to think about it earlier this week, and we know there's been other injuries that, of course, back in, in earlier times ended careers and, and, and that sort of thing, but given the, the height 
and the weight of the expectations, the market he was going into, the caliber he still is. Can you think of a more shocking injury than that? No. Gut gut reaction, no. I think the immediacy of the injury is why I answer no to that. There's been times where players have been injured, uh, you know, week two, week three, week four, and possibly more important players as well. But to, to have the, the severity of it, you know, in today's day and age, especially medicine, there's few injuries that really are like, oh, that, that could be really problematic. Um, but the Achilles, especially at Aaron Rodgers' age, is one of them. You know, that's, that's, you know, 30, 40 years ago, you have the ACL tear and the person's career is done, right? I get that, but we're not at that point in medicine anymore, which is great. I don't, I don't think there is one. I think this is the worst um, injury, not of all time, certainly, but of, of where the NFL is right now, how, what the stakes were for the Jets, for a franchise that has as much notoriety as the Jets, and what Aaron Rodgers was, too, uh, to that franchise and, and the trade and all the hullabaloo throughout the offseason. Yeah, I, I really don't think there is one. And to, to have an end on play four is just, it is cruel. You know, I think it's cruel for a lot of people. Absolutely. We're talking to Joe Bartle of RotoWire today on SportsCenter. Let RotoWire help you with all of your fantasy needs. Joe, we saw some weird statistical anomalies in week one, particularly games that involved rain, of which Cincinnati and Cleveland certainly did. And uh, and Burrow was about as he, uh, probably as bad as he's ever been, and, and uh, things did not go well. Is there any kind of concern for you going forward just based off the fact he was injured in the preseason, or, or can we really just chalk that up to the weather? I, I'm not concerned, um, and I'm not sure I'm actually chalking up to the weather per se, although the Ravens in, in Jacksonville, that was a, I'm sorry, uh, Houston, that was another rain game too, and Lamar Jackson also didn't look good. It's interesting that the Ravens and Bengals are facing each other this week to see who can right the wrongs, uh, even though the Ravens won. I thought they looked kind of pathetic at times uh, offensively. I I mean, I think this is just what the duo of Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor has been. You go back to last season, I think they lost two of their first three or two of their first four games, and then they went on a run, and it was around week seven or eight that Zach Taylor completely changed his offense around, and I think it got them to that point. I don't know what's the next wrinkle of Zach Taylor's offense, and I don't really think it was, oh, let's just completely change things around the Browns came to play. They have a style that fits the weather, like you mentioned. Uh, and Zach Taylor just doesn't seem to get Cincinnati ready uh, to begin the season. I'm used to that as a Packers fan because Mike McCarthy did that, and Matt LaFleur has done that too. I famously remember the 38-3 to loss to the Saints uh, to open a couple of years ago. And it's like, oh boy, what's going on with the Packers? Oh, they made the conference finals that year. Of course, lost because the Packers. But they were just fine. So I, I do think there's – I have that level of confidence with the Bengals um, – and I actually do think they're going to win this weekend's game against the Ravens pretty convincingly. Um, I, they got decimated, the Ravens did, with the injuries. It wasn't just J.K. Dobbins, which obviously is tough, but uh, they lost their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley. Uh, Marlon Humphrey didn't play, still practicing. Mark Andrews is coming back, but they also lost Tyler Lindenbaum, their stud uh, center as well, too. I mean, this, is, this is a pretty brutal set of injuries the Ravens have dealt with early on, and I do think it's a get-right game for the Bengals. I believe I asked you last week or maybe the week before about great duo wide receivers in the in the NFL, and I believe I talked a little bit about Tyreek Hill and, and Jalen Waddle. The numbers Hill and, and Tagovailoa put up this past weekend, where do you rank uh, Tagovailoa in terms of quarterbacks uh, in, in fantasy and just uh, what kind of numbers that, that offense can do this year? Yeah, when he's healthy, uh, Tua Tagovailoa is going to be, I think, pretty consistently a top eight, top ten. It's just a matter of being healthy. And 
it's why I wasn't drafting him. Uh, if guys that are like Dak Prescott or Aaron Rodgers, at least in this case, he didn't end up being that way, but at least entering draft time, he was around the same ADP. If everything is going to be fine uh, and near number wise, uh, I would take the guy that's going to be healthy, that you have confidence will be healthy through the whole season. Yes, I know one injury can knock somebody out. I get that. Um, but Tua had, had more injury history than anybody else. I think even one bad hit, it's not just he's going to miss a couple games. That could be his career. And the Dolphins have to play it safe, if only from um, a public perception perspective. That has been my issue. I, I, I mean, like, Hill's insane and obviously was insane for large durations of last year. But I want to just temper the expectations a little bit. J.C. Jackson, who was the cover corner that Tyree Kill burned, I think, on three of those uh, really long games, including that last touchdown. There were great throws by Tua, nothing wrong. I mean, J.C. Jackson looked bad. This is a guy that's coming off a torn uh, patellar tendon last season, Week 7. Still hadn't really regained, it seemed like, the function, or not, not function of it, but uh, confidence in his knee, uh, even in like middle of the preseason, the Chargers have been playing pretty slow. And I thought, you know, I covered the Chargers for Odor. I thought it's because they gave him that massive contract two years ago and they had to play it safe. Well, clearly something's still wrong with J.C. Jackson because he didn't look anywhere near the type of athlete that he was for the Patriots. There are not many teams that are going to be trotting out a corner that looked as bad as J.C. Jackson most weeks, and certainly the Patriots will not. Like if there's one team that I think has the personnel to defend Tyreek Hill and J.L. Waddle, it is the Patriots. So, yeah, Hill's awesome, and I think two hundred one healthy can be really effective. And Jalen Waddle's so good too, but he's not getting two hundred yards every single week. And I would actually take whatever under you might see for Hill because the Patriots' defense might be one of the best this season. Yeah, that AFC is still quite interesting, even with the devastating injury news. And really, all four of those teams uh, must watch as throughout the year. He's Joe Barnell of Roto Wire joining us today on Sports Call. Joe, tell our listeners about your Tuesday show and about uh, what all. They can find at Roto Wire. Yeah, I got a lot going on football season, which is always great. So I do the Tuesday Roto Wire NFL podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, just type in Roto Wire uh, NFL, and we go over all the waiver wire pickups. Uh, yesterday, we mentioned about fifteen different running backs. If you did miss J.K. Dobbins, some guys that had some interesting snap counts, ones you consider, a few of the receivers too. We do that every single Tuesday. Get you set for the waiver wire period in your fantasy leagues. Uh, every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, I. I'm calling it the big betting sheet. Uh, I literally take every over-under, uh, talk about what side I would take for that, um, and, and same for the spreads as well, too. Talk about some prop bets, go over every different possible sports book and the betting avenue for that. You can follow my Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports, or just go to RotoWire's massive betting site. We have a lot of different content for betting, not just myself. And every Friday, uh, SiriusXM Radio, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, we talk about all the week's matchups to come and fantasy advantages you could have from it. So, it's always a good like a recap and kind of putting a pin, especially after all the injury reports come out, as to what we expect will occur. And has been uh, really good, at least for my fantasy leagues, and getting other, other people set, too. Great stuff right there. Very busy, but, uh, again, this is the, the best time of year. Joe Bartle, Roto-Wire, today with us on Sports Call. Joe, as always, the time's greatly appreciated. Enjoy more football this week, and we look forward to chatting again next week. All right, guys. Thanks, everyone. That is Joe Barnell of Roto-Wire joining us today on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line on Sports Call.